Hello and welcome to the Two Gardeners One Story podcast. My name's Richard Suggett. And my name's Lee Connolly. And in this podcast, we're going to find a piece of gardening news. And get our hands messy and find out what the real story is. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is Two Gardeners One Story podcast, the podcast where myself, Richard Suggett, and me, Lee Connolly, find a news article and see where the conversation leads us. That's a, that's a good way of summarising it up, isn't it? That's nice. We find a different way each week to summarise it. <laughs> One day we'll get there. One, One day, day we'll, we'll have exactly there. the same beginning to a podcast, but we'll wait a long time for that. Um, how are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? I'm good, man. I'm feeling. Um, I'm feeling all right. We had a bit of a. We had a. Um, a they had a harvest thing the other week, and. Oh. Uh, yeah, like a harp. It's a school, by the way. Uh, and so, so what happened was, I didn't even know about it. It's a harvest festival thing they were doing. I had no idea about it. And uh, Olive went to bed. And just in the background, I was just watching telly and watching some Netflix thing or whatever. In the background, I heard like, uh, like a little droning sound. So what, what is that noise? I thought our like, next deal, next door was like singing or something, right? And uh, Olive was singing songs upstairs. Turns out the day our next day she was doing like a harvest festival singing song thing. And in the end, in the evening, we had an hour show of her going through all the songs. Went to the school the other week, and uh, it was amazing, man. In the playground, the whole school singing songs. We brought loads of stuff in, um, like tins and stuff like that of of food for the culture food food bank and uh it was amazing man really cool i thought it was really nice like really everyone coming together and, and helping out a good cause uh, one of the things that i thought we could done is maybe i don't know why they have to do like dry foods didn't they yeah funny enough i remember when i was at school we had the harvest assembly at the time and it was always bring a tin of food in. i never knew what happened to the tin of food thinking back to it yeah well I probably, food probably banks didn't exist then. Yeah, that's true but i wish they did like veg i wish they i wish they could do like vegetables and stuff like that because i think you know that could be quite one of the things that i think i know you hate this as well sorry I'll, we will start the podcast in a minute i know you hate this but like pumpkins for example I know they are cheap, but they're not necessarily... Some people can't afford to go and buy a pumpkin just for carving. I know you don't like pumpkins for carving, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But I feel sorry for some children because they, you know, some kids get to carve pumpkins, some some don't. And I think maybe maybe for harvest festivals, they could say, bring a pumpkin. That That's my um, problem with it, you know. It, it, it's Pumpkins are a food source. And yeah, that, I'm sure we should be education around that as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and to carve it is a bit of waste. I mean, make a clay one would be an answer, I see. Then you can use it year after year. It's recycling. How boring. I know, I know. <laughs> know. Uh, what have you been up to, mate? You've been all right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I've um, last month I got a second-hand greenhouse that I've popped down on the allotment. Have oh, I yeah. told you about this? You, you mentioned it, I think, private to me that you were going to – get one yeah it's up now is it it's up i haven't quite got the glass in place because we're trying to find glass that people are giving away and it's a funny size this leave glass panels for some weird reason so it did not come with glass it come with some but um so basically this greenhouse was my step granddad's which 
sounds very confusing. He passed a couple of years ago from COVID, and it was left in the garden. Not that the garden was neglected, but my stepnan has got dementia, so it's been a very difficult process since then. And this greenhouse has basically deteriorated. Windows are smashed in some strong winds and what have you. We salvaged as much as we could. The frame itself is absolutely fine, but we salvaged as much of a glass as we possibly could. But we're trying to get hold of more glass before I actually complete the build. Are you going to cut glass? Because I've never cut glass before. Is it difficult to do? I learned this year, funny enough, on my um, my birthday, I the other greenhouse I have on the allotment that's been up there for a few years, I needed to cut some glass for that. My stepdad used to cut glass for a living. And when he was down, I said to him, can you just show me how to do it? And it's actually quite easy. You've just got to be confident, I've learned. Yeah, you've got to dive, in, dive into it and... Get it done, yeah, yeah. I think I'd still be a bit scared, but oh, that's good, man. Like, I'm glad you, I'm glad you got it up. Yeah, yeah. What about yourself? Have you been up to much in the garden? Um, no. Do you know what? I've got a, I've got this apple tree that um, I planted up, and I put some seat around it, and I desperately, in fact, after this podcast today, I'm actually going to go to a um hardware shop let's say a hardware shop <laughs> yep. and go i need to go and get some gutter in because i need to direct water at the moment it's getting no water at all and you can right. and i thought oh we'll get something i drilled holes in the bench to try and i think in water will get through it's not it's not happening right. and it, and the tree's suffering so uh i really need to get some gutter in because we've got a shed next to the the little garden i'm gonna sort of direct the water down off the shed yeah. roof down under because I'm guessing it's just getting nothing at the moment, which I don't want to lose the tree. I think it's nice to have it in there. So, yeah. and eventually I want to get some apples from it. So, you know, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a bit of an emergency task to get finished there. Yeah. But no, it's, you don't think of things like that. Do you know what, though? The thing the thing was that what the garden's based on is soil. It's on soil, right? So, in yeah. my head, it's got a bench, it's got quite a big bench around it. It's, it's literally, I cut a hole in the bench for the tree to go grow through. Yeah. And I thought, well, there's soil all around it. Surely the, the water will seep through and walk through the soil, but it's just not happened like that. I think it's quite dry underneath the bench. So, you know, so I need to sort out. That's one of my biggest tasks at the moment. I need to sort, to be honest with you. So I save yeah. that tree. Yeah, ideal time to do it as well. Yeah, it's just one of them. There's another structural job to sort out, do you know what I mean? And over the winter, so we, in the future, we don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Um, but that's me. That's my garden, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a news article that I want to talk about, funny enough. As, as oh, this, go on then. I suppose that's what we're here for. This podcast is all about. So, they poisoned and trampled my vegetables. Britain's allotment wars and the gardeners losing their plot. What a headline. What a headline. Sucks you in straight away, doesn't it? Heavy, heavy. Yeah. Drama. So, Demand for allotments is at an all-time high, with waiting lists as long as 18 years. Now, in these otherwise serene spaces, tensions are surfacing. If you ever have a question about allotments, ask Phil Sorry, In the 28 years that he has rented a plot just outside Leeds in West Yorkshire, he has never seen the battle for one of the vegetable patches on his allotment he manages be as frantic, as unyielding as it is, right now 
every month he tries to reduce the dozens of people on his list, but every month more people join it. The allotment that he manages is small, only 22 plots, but the wait for one of those coveted 65 square metres of land takes years. How long is the wait? is the common question. How long is a piece of string, is the frequent reply. Since 2021, 38% of UK's allotments have had more than 1,000 people on the waiting list. In 2020, listed at just 20%. So far, the longest recorded waiting time was in Camden. A woman in the borough waited a total of 18 years and three months. Gomesall is doing everything we can to reduce his list. At my allotment, we've reduced many of our plots down to a quarter of the original size. And so we've reduced the waiting list to about 10 or so. But the list doesn't seem to be going down, he says. It just keeps staying static at that number, no matter what we do. The 77-year-old has been a secretary for his small allotment for 26 years, leading the day-to-day organisation. I've been prepared to stand down from the post to let new blood in, but the plot holders keep re-electing me, he says. A friendly and frank man, Domasul, quickly rose through the ranks to become the president of the National Allotment Society. Now he speaks on behalf of all allotments in the UK at conferences abroad and at home. He was even awarded a British Empire Medal in 2017 for his efforts. But he says it's a job that's quickly getting trickier and trickier. The Association for Public Sector Excellence, a not-for-profit group that promotes quality local government services, has found that an increasing number of councils are offering smaller allotment spaces in an attempt to cater for rising demand. Some are half or quarter the size of previous typical spaces, and some are even microplots, as small as three square square yards. And yet 47% of allotments still say the wait times for the new joiners are at least 18 months. The obvious menace to blame would be the pandemic, but Gomesall says that the surge in the popularity of allotments during lockdown doesn't account for the ceaseless queues he is still experiencing. I think the financial situation that our country is finding itself in is partly responsible for this, he offers instead. Referring to the cost of living crisis, allotments are becoming a necessity rather than a leisure activity. According to estimates from the National Allotment Society, the average cost of running a 250-square-metre plot was £247 per annum. The approximate value of a fruit and veg harvested could be as much as £1,909.82 per plot. We may have come full circle. During the Second World War, allotments in London boomed. Rationing meant that thousands of city dwellers needed to rent their own land to grow food. In 1945, there was 1.4 million allotments in the UK, but as food has become more affordable and as rationing disappeared, so did too did the vegetable patches. Eventually, councils sold much of them off, and by the 1970s, two-thirds of the allotment plots had gone. The pandemic did see a spike in demand. At one point during a national lockdown, keeping a vegetable patch was one of the few outdoor activities sanctioned by the government. But two years on from that, the first lockdown in March 2020, demand is not subsiding. It's not just a city problem, one's gomersal. Although it is even worse in London, thanks to the lack of land, in the capital, waiting lists are among the highest in the country. And now across the boroughs, tensions are beginning to bubble. Terry Dickinson, 73, is secretary to one of East London's many allotments. He has seen disputes rise as a result of overzealous managers on some allotments, offering up parts of people plots in a bid to quell demand. If you had a garden, 
that you have been working on for decades and someone just comes and takes half of it, you'll be annoyed, right? He says. Dickinson has managed his allotment for eight years and he's proud to host garden hobbyists from around the world. People grow vegetables I'd never heard of, he says. Currently, his allotment houses over 200 plots. His waiting list, of course, is long. I support making room for people so that more people can get involved with allotments. But what shouldn't be happening is people being forced off their plots to make room for waiting lists. That's not fair. This is what causes arguments. In another London plot, Emily65, who asked to remain anonymous thanks to the rising animosity within her allotment committee, has seen these vegetable patch issues reach breaking point. Community spirit on the allotment is a myth, she says. On our site, there's been bitchy and unpleasant emails. But on other sites, I have seen poisoning of people's plots going on and trampling of people's plants. People can be quite threatening to each other. Disputes come from this idea that the this is my land and it's a lifetime commitment and how dare you take it away from me. That's the major problem. Before retiring, Emily worked in medicine, she adds, but at least I'm not watching a woman die on the amethyst bed, I suppose. Emily has never experienced wait times like the ones she is currently experiencing at her allotment. She applied to get a patch in 2018. A week later, she was tending to a new plot. Now, thanks to an expanding waiting list, plots are under pressure to be as well presented as possible. If plots are not maintained, site secretaries have the power to take away plots and hand them over to people waiting on the fringes. Now that lockdown is over, some allotment holders are finding they have less time to keep their patches weed-free and tidy. I know people who have been approached and have been told, most unfairly, by their allotment committee, we're going to take part of your plot and give it to somebody else, says Dickinson, who is firmly opposed to the policy. These committees are not running things how they should. That's not their constitution. They're running outside. That's when the problem comes. After a relatively short time as allotment secretary, Dickinson found himself elected as London Regional Representative for National Allotment Society. As a result, he spends a lot of time mediating his disputes. That's when plot holders come to us and say, what can we do about it? Why has my society nicked a bit of my plot? On the other side of the fence is London Allotment Secretary Andrew Bailey. Although he admits that throwing people off the plot is unfortunate, he says it is a necessary part of the job. Some people tend not to work their plots as fully as they should, says Bailey, 58. They will not give them up. It's kind of a psychological barrier where they can't seem to be able to admit failure or defeat. It takes me at least four hours a week to maintain my plot. A lot of people cannot dedicate that time. Bailey first got his London allotment in 2001 and was elected secretary in 2015. I've had two stints as secretary because nobody else will do it. You know how these things are, he says. Like those of his fellow secretaries, Bailey's plot seems to have an explosion of interest. There was massive, massive increase of people wanting to join us during the pandemic. And now we have about 60 people on the waiting list, he says. 20 years ago, Bailey applied for his allotment in Tower Hamlets. When I joined, the members were pretty much exclusively white working class blokes, a pretty closed insular source of community. All the guys were ex-dockers and all the rest of it, Bailey says. One day, Bailey went down to a rather unwelcoming allotment and tried to join informally. He was surprised to get a call later on that day to say he was in. I was also a white bloke, so I think they liked the combination, he adds. Since I've been there, I've tried to make sure it does not run like that, I, that it runs more fairly. The demographics of allotments are certainly changing. Now, the majority, 64% of plots in London, are occupied by women. They're also becoming more diverse in the last 10 years. Allotments are getting far more multicultural, said Dickinson. We have people from around the world now. It's great. 
I'm going to, because this article goes on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know. That was a long article. And thanks for listening to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But it hit on quite a few things, I think. Yeah, a lot. So the thing I thought of, allotment waiting lists. I remember in 2007, 2008, when we had the last financial crash, allotment waiting lists were in high demand. And then they subsided a bit. And now they came back with another financial crash. I'm starting to see a pattern here. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's slightly different, though, as well this time, because not with slightly different people that are going for them as well, because we're not only thinking financially because of like how we can grow our own vegetables and stuff, also like mentally we're a little bit more open about what we need and stuff. Mm. Yeah. So you're going to get a lot more of that. People who want an allotment, I always feel that I don't agree with taking allotments away from people unless they're not obeying the rules. And I think the rules have to be fair. So I kind of agree with that. But I always feel there's a lot more land that could be used for this sort of thing as well. I don't know about in your local area, but do you ever see any parcels of disused land? Yeah, we do have a few. We do have a few bits, yeah. Yeah, so why can that be, even if it's only temporary, sort of say, here, use this? Yeah, but if it's temporary, do you think that's a very good idea? Better because, than nothing. Yeah, but what I'm yeah. saying is you put all that work in something and then go, oh, by the way, we need the land back there. We're going to build houses on it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think if you're told that at the beginning, though, I don't think you get me. I don't know if you get many people, as many people joining it. Possibly, but at least it's an option. I mean, one example we've got here in, where I live is there's a, a car park that's completely closed off. Yeah, nobody can drive a car in. It's just a basically an abandoned piece of land, which I feel could be used for people to grow vegetables in, even if if it's on beds on wheels or something that mm, get moved off. Well, I think one of the biggest things what we um, we don't get as much now, and I've not been to a new build housing estate that has allotments in it. No, no new build has a space for allotments. Again, well, there might be some. That's not. I don't one hundred percent know that, by the way. But the ones I've been to personally, where I live, when they build a new housing, they have to build allotments, as I understand it. Oh, really? Well, maybe it's different yeah. from different... Um, different councils. Different councils, yeah. But yeah. I'm just, uh, in my own experience, I've not been to one that has allotments yet. But one of the things you said a minute ago, which I, I did write down and wanted to pick up on, is you said you agreed with people being chucked off sites. And we actually, when I come to your allotment uh, a month or so ago, uh, there was some signs up with people being thrown off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. You you got more experience on allotments than me. I I had an allotment in in the whole sense of things for a very short time compared to you. Um, one of the things that I think is a bit harsh is you just get a letter put up saying you're being chucked off. Do you think that there should be a bit more like communication about what's going on? Um, why why is your a plot like that? maybe educate people what they can do to make sure because some people might some some plots obviously have just been left and who knows what's happened to the person no one knows who was happened to the plot holder 
in them cases, if you can't communicate, then fine. But, you know, I, I've heard from you, like, when you've got, like, notices about the grass being too long or something. I think in some cases people are being threatened rather than maybe a bit more understanding, a bit more question, a bit more education around what they can do to keep their plot, you know, in the right right way. So on my plot, we get a letter with, right, this is what's wrong. You've got four weeks to sort it out. But they do say, if you do have any reasons, then please contact us. Yeah. Now, I usually look, a couple of times I've got the letter, I've looked at it and I've gone, okay, yeah, I can see my streamer hasn't been working for the last couple of weeks or something. I've gone down and I've sorted it within a week and then I've just maintained it within that week. So sometimes I think it's a good thing to get a little bit of a nudge. You concentrate on one area when the other area needs a bit more attention. Yeah. But... Like in our cases, so those ones that you saw that had had repossession notices written on them, they would have had that four-week letter. So they had four weeks to do something or contact somebody to sort it out, and they didn't clearly do anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I think as long as it's fair is the only thing I would say. And what I mean by that is that you're given time, and let's say you've been in hospital for a couple of weeks or something, that is taken into account. I think most allotment societies, they don't really want to kick you off anyway because there's a lot of paperwork and stuff. But then if they've got a queue of people who are probably going to do the work and make the allotments look good for everybody, because that's what it all boils down to. It's why we garden. We want our gardens to look good. Yeah, that is true. Another thing in that article that I picked up on was um, about microplots and them cutting down people's plots to allow more people to come on site. I wonder how you felt if someone come along to you and asked for half of your plot for a new plot holder, what you would say to that? I I would be in discussions because I, I grow all my own food. Now, I will admit my allotment can get a little bit messy. Cooch grass is a big problem, as you know, but I grow all our food on there. And if I cut it down, I would struggle to be able to grow our food for the entire year and that would be my argument is that it may be messy but it is all being used every bit of land is being used for something mm. but what if, it, the, what if it allowed more people to, to do allotments well i would argue again there's lots of areas down our allotment that aren't in use there's a yeah. lot of empty plots as well we have on ours as well that could be used. That when they've actually dug up the car park, I think you saw when you came down last. There was a, as you came in, there was a car park area which was just a load of grass, to be honest. But they've yeah. turned that into allotments now, and it's lovely. I've got to say, they've even made some for people in wheelchairs and accessible for them. Fantastic, absolutely brilliant. So the capacity to build on what we already have is there. Yeah. And yeah, I, can, I can identify other areas that could also be used. They're generally used as wildlife areas, so we would probably end up losing those in that case. Yeah. Which I don't like the idea of either, but it's something we've all got to consider. And we got we had quite a lot of obviously through lockdown people who didn't have gardens, which I, I always feel for them because I don't know what I've done about my garden. But a lot more people signed up to allotments then. And now we've come back. We also had loads, both of us realised how much time we had our hands during those lockdowns. And now we're yeah. back into 
a bit more real world of working. And so some of them props are sort of going downhill. What do you feel about what do you feel about that? I feel we've got to find out why they're going downhill. Um if it's lack of time, what 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 is the is it so I always this is something I talk about on the on Revenge Ground podcast. Lack of time is something that we can look at. And what I find is the phrase little and often works quite well. So on my way home from work, I will stop at my alarm and 20 minutes, half hour, and do some weeding. Do that every day. And then when weekend when I've got a bit more time, I can dedicate myself to those bigger jobs. So time management is more the issue. Yeah. Yeah, because allotments do take then they are fun, but they do take time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was told our allotment society said you got to spend at least four hours a week, and I would actually double that because yeah, of the couch grass. Yeah, I mean, yeah, couch grass. Yeah, four hours don't seem seem like enough to really have it in a good, um, good spot. But I suppose when people do take them on in lockdown, they had that time, so it's a lot easier then. Yeah, um, but then maybe that them in them sort of cases. That is the point where you can say, well, you can turn it into a micro plot and we can chop it in half and get yeah. someone else on board. Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, my allotment or the council did send a email out a few months back now asking about this sort of thing and doing a buddy system that if anybody is after a plot, you can buddy them up so they've got some they can practice growing under your guidance, which is like, not a like bad a shared, idea. Like a shared plot. Like a share plot, it would still, if I was to do it, it would still be my plot, but this other person would... You'd still take all of the veg, you would take all of the produce, but they'll just help you, is that what you're saying? They would just help me, but I'm also mentoring them. Would you give them anything, or just no, nothing? I, 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 but I, it was a bit of a questionnaire, it wasn't so much, um, they were asking if I would do it, it was an anonymous questionnaire. Yeah, if it happened to you, if someone come along and you were their mentor, would you give them any produce, or... I would want to know the person beforehand to make sure we've got. Uh, I would give them produce, no worries about that. But I would, if I would want to know that if they're going to be under my mentorship, they're going to put the effort in, and that we've got a ke- chemistry that we get on. Does that make sense? There's a lot of rules to this. I think I don't. I think I'm out. I don't think I'm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's so much. But it's the same. If you ever had an apprentice at work when you were an electrician. The good apprentices were always the ones that showed up on time, put the work in, they did the research, and they came in, and they wanted to work. Yeah. And the bad, yeah. bad ones were the ones that were stood there on the phones. Yeah, I mean, if I'm honest with you, I was that <laughs> I was that one. I was that one, mate. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. But you know what I mean? That's a difference, and I see that same with a mentorship, that somebody's, I, you know, you've got to have fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. But you can have fun, but do the work. Um, have you ever had anybody trash your allotment? A few months ago, somebody done dumped a load of weeds on one of my beds. No way! What? Yeah, I wasn't happy. Did you I find out the happy. culprit? No, I don't know who it was. I got a suspicion, but I don't know. Um, and this has been. <sighs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But it was annoying. It was a big. I mean, it filled up an entire bed, and I, I, you know, I tend to mulch with lawn clippings a lot of my bed. So I think they thought they were doing me a favour, perhaps. Yeah. 
but there's a difference between lawn clippings and some weeds that you've literally dug out of the ground and dumped on a bed. It's not ideal, is it? No, no. Well, really How about yourself? Have you had anything like that? Well, not re- not really. I mean, when I had my allotment, everyone was quite friendly, apart from one guy that just always just stared at us and didn't say a word. We used to have um, something called Chalk Talk. So because we were, we were down the allotment when pretty much no one was down there, we used to have a chalkboard. And uh, we say, well, if you want to give us some tips, because we just started a garden at the time, then write it on the board. And he, we think it was him that just wrote rude stuff on there. Right. Um, and basically, he was not very supportive of us being there. Basically, sometimes he wrote, like, what are you doing here? And top, like, we wrote a question, what tips would you give us? And he said, do some more work. <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> I always love it, that sort of thing, do some more work. And without actually taking into account of the time factor, like I say, there is an element that there is a lot of time that goes in. And if you're working 12, 13 hours a day, you've got a family at home and you're trying to bit down on the allotment every spare minute as well. Yeah you've got to sleep at some point you've got to eat at some point so i always find that do some more work to be very unhelpful i'd yeah. sooner write what what can we do to or time saving measures what can you do for time saving measures to be more helpful I, it wasn't him another plot holder did that for us um his time saving tip was to rotate the whole plot uh, that had cooch grass in it, so that yeah. worked really well. Don't do that, guys. No, do not. Cooch do grass is just a pain. Um, but I love allotments, mate. I do miss my allotment, and uh, you know, it's um, it's if you've got the time to do it, then it's fun, as you as you well know. Yeah, so a lot of time it goes into an allotments, but it is a lot of fun. It is a social side of gardening as well. And it, it is such a nice environment to be in, usually. I think that summarises this article. It was a long article. So I'd, I'd love to know anybody else's thoughts. And if anybody has had any problems on their allotment, let us know through our voicemail service. Oh, yes. You can click on the, the voicemail service. Have we got any voicemails this week? No, no, we haven't. No but voice about this week. You could be there. the first. You could be the first to come on the show. Yeah. Right, go. well, are we going to wrap this up? Let's wrap it up. Thanks uh, for listening. Make sure you subscribe and, leave, hey, leave a review. Oh, yeah, forget about that. Leave yeah, a review. That that, yeah. Us get found on the podcast services. Stuff happens, yeah. So leave a review. Try and make it. It doesn't have to be nice, but um, but it would be helpful. Uh, see you next week, Suggs. See you next week, and see you next week to the listener. Cheerio.